Welcome to Nothing Is OB South Texas Golf Podcast, episode number 49. Before I get to my special guest, a word from my sponsor, gold sponsor, Michael A. Aguirre. He's a financial advisor with Capital Strategies. Now, during this COVID time, I really feel like Mike and I have kind of the same point of view. He really felt like I have a passion for golf, and I really think Mike, when speaking with him, has a passion for helping others. So please check him out. Hit up his website, michael-aguirre.com, or you can give him a call on his cell phone at 210-413-252. Especially during this day and age, you need somebody on your side. You need somebody to help direct you. Mike is that guy. He loves to help people, and he will not do you wrong. So please hit up Michael A. Aguirre, and I truly appreciate his sponsorship for the show. Now, uh, on to my guest of this evening. Now, everybody knows Dave Roberts in this golf industry, especially here in the San Antonio and South Texas area. But I think what you see is you see a lot of him on the Texas Golf Insider. You see him on his big, loud persona that he has in the military and in the golf world. We're going to get a little bit deeper with how he's gotten to where he's been, what makes him tick, uh, his pride and joy, his son, Ty Roberts, who I've had on the show before, Dave. Uh, but I really feel like Dave and I have uh, really crossed paths cross, cross paths for a reason, and I'm really excited and I'm super blessed to have him on the show. Hey, thanks for the, joining the show, Dave. Hey, I appreciate uh, you. You know, I'm, I'm already starting to play second fiddle to tie, so I'm getting used to it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you, man, uh, you've done a great job. I was like, I was when when speaking with him and interviewing him, I said, "Damn," I said this kid should run my show. I was like, man, this guy's, this guy's a, he's almost a, 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 a polished, you know, a finished product here. He sounds great. Well, thank you. He, that's, that's what he wants to communicate. He wants to be broadcast. He wants to be a broadcaster. Actually. He's been on our show several times, uh, Mike and I, and, uh, um, the kid's amazing. I'm truly blessed. And, you know, he only has good things in his future. So. Oh yeah, man. We'll, and we'll get to we'll get we'll get to him later. He's had his time on this show, and it's Daddy's time. It's Papa's time on the show. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. All right, David. Why don't you kind of start us off and tell us just a little bit about yourself and just the kind of your background? Because everybody knows a, a lot about you in the game of golf, but uh, just why don't you tell us a little bit about your family life? With besides Todd. Well, you know, um, born in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, you and I, uh, our houses weren't very far away, many moons different, but not very far away. Um, went to Carroll High School, very proud to be, you know, a Carroll Tiger. We're about to have our 40th uh, anniversary. That's how old I am. So, um, but my dad, after he's, he's a veteran, Vietnam vet and stuff, he went, uh, he worked for Whataburger. So I'm a Whataburger baby and he designed, helped design those new Whataburger buildings. Um, he was my um, introduction to golf just like with you. And, um, you know, I, I, I grew up and I, I followed the family into the military. That's where I uh, honed my game. And matter of fact, uh, it actually learning the game of golf sent me in a direction that probably saved my life. And we, we can discuss that. I, I'm an open book. Um, and, you know, uh, after knowing that, with the things with the INF treaty and all the other stuff that's happening in the military that we weren't going to get promoted. And I was playing golf three or four days a week with the brass anyway. 
um, it was time to become a golf professional and, you know, the journey began. Now in the military, I, I was reading that you served, you served in Korea. And I guess this was just kind of like a rite of passage within your family to join the military. Oh yeah. Um, my brother, my dad, my grandfather, everybody, um, was in the military. Um, I wanted to be like my big brother. He, he's the, he, he's the, he, he's the bad guy of the family. I mean, tough, rough. And my dad, you know, five foot six, he, he is rough and tough. So, you know, I wanted to carry on that family tradition and, uh, I was back then rough and tough, but, uh, um, now I'm a gummy bear and, um, I'm enjoying life as it is, but, uh, the military, it, it was a family tradition. Now, how did you get into this game of golf from the military? From being hardcore military and being in for a good while, uh, how did you get into this crazy game and that we all love? That is a great question. I, I love that question because it happened um, in the um, early 80s in Fort Stewart, Georgia. Um, I was part of a rapid deployment force uh, and hats off to all the veterans and I'm a disabled veteran myself. Um, we do a lot of things that people don't know about to keep our country free. And I was on a path of destruction, um, being in the military, being away from the family, um, and, uh, doing a lot of drinking, getting really wild fights, you know, being the, trying to be the big bad guy. And a friend of mine who stayed in the billets with me, introduced me, reintroduced me to golf because we would talk about it. And, you know, I've always loved the masters and this, that, and the other. And so he let me borrow a set of clubs and I kind of got hooked. And, uh, that was the reintroduction. And then he got stationed back in Korea where I'd kind of slipped a little bit. And, um, you know, there's nothing good in Korea. If you're a married guy, there's just nothing good. I'm going to say it. That's about as <laughs> nice as I can say. Um, we won't talk about the trash can juice punch and all that other good stuff and, videos and stuff. So um, I really didn't want no part of that. And um, so I played golf. And instead of carrying the $3 in my socks to take a cab home when I was blown away drunk down in the veal, then I started carrying that 3 to $4 because after I'd walk 18 holes and play till dark, then I would get a cab ride back to my base and uh, found out I was pretty good at this game because I was watching Lee Trevino. <laughs> and I would watch while everybody was watching those other videos. I'm wearing out my BH Lee Trevino, Jack Nicholas golf my way. Fuzzy Zeller, fast play makes fast friends. I'm watching all these and I got the bug. And so I played seven days a week after the 1630 formation. I went down and played and played and played. Well, now as, as getting the bug that we all have, I guess for me, the biggest thing was, uh, I guess it was money. You know, what's the biggest thing, right? It's always money and then having the time. And so being in college, I had the same Wilson's that, I bought at a little flea market, I think outside of the Fort Worth area. It was this huge flea market that I bought my first set of clubs. And uh, finally, once I got to be a little bit older, uh, I was able to step my game up from some old, some old Wilsons to some like 1990 Wilsons, you know, as I got there. So what was those first set of clubs that your buddy gave you? They were Spalding executives. Okay. 
He played <laughs> Max 357s. I played Spalding Executives. And at that period, um, you know, because I went from 11 Bravo and jumping out of planes and doing some crazy stuff to getting into field artillery, they, they snookered me. They offered me this gigantic reenlistment bonus, which they give you half of it. And at that time, it was $20,000. I got ten grand up front. So the moment I hit American land, I had a sing- set of Ping I 2s, tailor made woods, <laughs> the white bag. Oh. I was uh, I, I was there. I was styling and profiling. Oh, look what he's got in his bag. <laughs> I, I, I'm an old, I'm a bit of a throwback. I'm a bit of a throwback. All right. Hey, man. Um, these, yeah, these I had these- a set of brilliant coppers. Oh damn! That's okay. Those and, are the those are the dreams right there. Those are the dream clubs. Yeah, because you know what you got you you get ten thousand dollars minus taxes, six hundred and seventy two dollars for a set of brilliant pink coppers in the mid eighties was not a whole lot of money. Well, it was, but when you had ten grand, it didn't. And so um, my first job is was in golf. I started working part time because I didn't want to afford the more forty dollar membership. Think about it. I paid 600 bucks for a set of club, but I don't want to pay the $40 membership. <laughs> so I worked at the golf course. It was called Cedar Lakes at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And I worked for Orville Moody's nephew, Spanky. And didn't take formal lessons, but I got some Band-Aid tips, if you know what I mean. And so I found out I was pretty good. And then so um, I started winning things other than bets. I started playing in championships, pace championships, and I won uh, the Fort Sill championship. I shoot 66, 66, 69. And this is after being, I'd say, serious in golf for three years, two and a half, three years. But I would hit, I, at lunchtime, I'd hit balls. Afterwards, I'd go walk nine holes. And, you know, Golf's not a sport. It's an addiction. And that's on the bottom of my email because it is. I, I was addicted. So, uh, well, one thing, one thing I always say is that uh, I think golf is, I think doing drugs, it'd be a lot cheaper than playing golf, you know, or being addicted. Being addicted to drugs, it'd, it'd be a lot cheaper, you know. Uh, it's an expensive. Yeah, golf, I would probably golf, agree golf. because <laughs> golf can be very expensive. It can be pricey, but, but you got to know the right people. And I'm sure you know a lot of the right people. Well, yeah, because a funny story that I didn't tell you is when I got stationed at Fort Sill, got my set of pings, I went out and I was playing golf and I was playing with this gentleman from Alabama and uh, nice, nice fella, um, uh, a, a person of color. We'll just go with that. And his name was Rufus, Rufus Taylor. And he called me Sergeant Rob and I called him Rufus. And so after a couple of months, I still hadn't gotten my orders. I was kind of in holding because they were going to send me to the cadre to teach multiple launch rocket system. Well, I got called to the 75th Diamond Brigade's office. They said, Sergeant Major wants to see you. And I walk in and guess who Sergeant Major is? Command Sergeant Major Rufus Taylor, who I've been playing golf with all summer. And he became my Sergeant Major. So I was blessed. I was blessed. Oh, so you got to, so you're saying he got to know you real well then, right? He got to know me before he put me in command. And then when all the special events, you know, I was playing, you know, I, we would teach, we would teach and then we'd fill the units, but we had the downtime. We we're playing golf and general Crosby and the rest of them, we would all go play golf. And it got to the point where, you know, the, like I said, the INF treaty got signed and we couldn't, um, we weren't going to get promoted because all those people flooded our jobs from Pershing and Lance missiles, all the nuclear people. 
And so uh, one day I was offered to be out of BDUs and into khakis and help run the golf course, one of the golf courses at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Well, I, I got some comments right here. I'm going to put them up here, right? Uh, got some uh, great green fee rates at the, at the bases. That's my buddy. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because it, the full circle comes later <laughs> in the show. <laughs> and, and then uh, my buddy Jeremiah, I, he's, he's, he's like, he is my partner. He is my, my two-man best ball partner. Warbirds are the best. And then uh, Red Hat's death from above. <laughs> you, know, you say that, and if you look on that one piece I gave you, um, when I used to give Tim Duncan golf lessons like twice a year before his charity classic, here we, that here we was go. Here we a go. Callaway Warbird. There it is, yes. right there. That's there a Callaway is. Warbird in his hand, and I bet him $100 I could hit it farther off my knees than he could hit it. <laughs> so I hit it out there in the middle of the fairway. He caves the face in on that club, which I still have somewhere, because he signed the shaft, and I got a $100 bill signed today from Tim and he put 360 on it, three yards down and 60 feet rolling is what his shot was. And so <laughs> um, great guy, great guy. Love Tim Duncan. Uh, but that was a Warbird. <laughs> well, that, that's, what we always, that's, what, that's what we always say. Oh, what are you playing? I'm just these Warbirds. <laughs> these warbirds. Hey, go Warbirds, man. <laughs> All right, Dave. Now, being in the military, and, and it seems like you were kind of finding a, a path of your the, the chosen career or the career that you really want to be in. And now that you're starting to run some golf course, you run a golf course, uh, how did that evolve? Uh, what was the next phase that following that golf course in Oklahoma you ran? Well, I tried the mini tours. Um, unlike Christy Cano, who was on your show last week or the week before, um, I never made it to the big tour. I got close and, you know, um, I played in a lot of barbecue tours. I kind of played many tours. I played a little bit in the second tour. Um, I was one of those Monday qualifiers, uh, several times, but you know, I had a family to feed and at that level, um, you've got to make that decision. And is it family or is it keep chasing the pipe dream? And, um, you know, I was blessed in Korea by God. Okay. And I, I'm going to say it. I mean, I don't care what Facebook thinks about me, but um, he blessed me by giving me a second chance and turning my life around and not becoming an alcoholic and ruining my life. And he blessed me with this game of golf. And I have met so many people. And so I had to make a decision and it was a tough decision. It was actually out on a golf course at Lawton Country Club. Um, I was playing and, you know, playing with the local heroes and stuff like this. And, uh, you know, I could kill them. I, I, but that, you know, that's just another story at another time. And, but I, I said, you know, I got a family to feed. And so I decided to become a club professional and go through the training and the schooling and stuff like that to run clubs. And I had a great mentor, Ernie Altick, who just retired out of Fort Sill, who's still been there after all these years. Wow. Um, he, he retired <laughs> out. But I tried to play a little on the side. And um, life got in the way, and I lost my mom. And that really killed me because – you know, I'm a daddy's boy, but I'm a mama's boy. And that really, that really hurt. And my mom had never seen me play golf professionally. Um, emphysema, diabetes, and then cancer. Um, and so 
I actually almost quit the game of golf. I left the golf course. I came back close to home. I, I landed here in San Antonio. I took a broadcasting job, taught golf, and I worked at Walmart because I, you know, that was just what I felt I needed to do and feed my family. And golf was not fun anymore. And what a lot of people don't realize, golf at the level what you saw this weekend with Hideki and you see with my son and all the great players in South Texas and Christy Cano and, and Brian Gathright and when Kurt Cox was alive, um, we, we sacrifice a lot. And um, I wasn't willing at that moment to, to sacrifice. And uh, so I made that decision. But then, you know what, you take time away and you get the bug. This thing, this is an addiction. Like you said, this is a drug. It is. It's a drug. And so um, a gentleman who is a good friend of mine now um, says, hey, I know who you are. I, you played golf with my mentor in Oklahoma. How would you like to come and help run a golf course? And so I end up at Rebecca Creek. Wow. And I did part times at Walmart at nighttime and sometimes overnight. And I got back into Rebecca Creek. And I worked there. That's where I met Ty's mom. We got married on the putting green with um, the New Orleans team. Saints team chaplain married us. Edwin Dickens was my, um, you know, he was my guy, uh, my, my best man. He was my boss. Uh, when he left Rebecca Creek, um, I, I, I was devastated and I was lost. So I, again, you know, it's kind of like missing a three foot putt, you know, you got to get disappointed. So I actually did something. I am one of those guys you don't know, but I was kind of famous. Um, I started, I, I left and went to California and I worked for the golf channels marketing team. I was that guy who put all those training aids. Like, <laughs> you know, I worked with Natalie Gulbus and I worked with Peter Jacobson and Butch Harmon. And we would get these things and we would make commercials and put them in and tell everybody at Edwin Watch, you have to buy this. You need this. You need this grip trainer and you need these sunglasses. And, you know, <laughs> tell me, did you do the one for that chipper, that little chipper that, hey, that like, it, like it's that illegal club? I just that's what I want to know. No, no. <laughs> My famous, most famous one and the best one was the Sky Caddy that I did live with Natalie Gulbus. I sent you a picture. I was in the director's chair. That was that picture. Um, it was, uh, Natalie Gulbis and Peter Jacobson. And it was so funny because Peter Jacobson's a natural, kind of like you and me, we're, we're just naturals. And Natalie Gulbis, even though she's gorgeous, she's blonde and she would have to read over the cue cards and the guy's walking backwards. <laughs> he tripped over one time because she's trying, hi, I'm Natalie Gulbis. And Peter's like, come on, come on, come on, you know? And so it, uh, it was there and that was a cool time. That was very fun, but California is very expensive. And then I lost a very important person in my life, my dad, the guy who, you know, sorry. No, no, don't He's be. the guy who introduced me to this. And when I picked up the phone and called, because I'd call every week, because he didn't want to come live with me. And uh, you know, because you know, because you know. And I knew. And so the neighbors checked on him, and yes, my dad had passed away, and uh, I was out of there. And uh, so I had to come back home. And so, it, and this is why God is so important in people's life, and people don't realize it. 
is because he guides you in a direction that you need to go. And you just don't know what his plan is. And so somehow before I left that company, they sent me to the PGA show. And I met some people here in San Antonio. And the guy goes, you're Dave Roberts, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, how did you know? Because I know of you, <laughs> you know, and uh, I want you to come help run the golf club of Texas. Good old, so, G- good old GCT. <laughs> so I came home. <laughs> I came home. And for a long time, and that's where Ty grew up playing golf. I ran the golf club of Texas from about 2005 to August of 2009. Um, and because uh, I made the mistake of quitting the first time when my mom died, but I wasn't going to make that mistake again because God gives you second chances. And as we go through this show, you'll find out more why, because what I do today, everything is a preamble to it. I mean, I, I am blessed in so many ways and uh, there are so many people to thank. And if I could go back and I want to thank some, you know, my brother Andy's in Germany. <laughs> he, he, he's still bad. And my sister Leanne, she's totally awesome. And she's been through the ringer of the lives of a hard life and now is very comfortable. And she actually works for the state, takes care of uh, children um, for the state in, in Florida. And, and then, you know, in high school, there was a turbulent time where I was with the Ledesmas. Um, they were right by Carroll High School. And uh, Ruben Sr. and Hope, my adopted mom and dad, took me in because of Ruben Jr. And uh, Ruben's watching tonight, and he's up in Seattle. Um, that's just – and we were even stationed together in Fort Stewart. So God kept putting me and Ruben together no matter where we went, <laughs> except I'm not going to Seattle. I'm comfortable now. And then my brother, Ronnie and Ray and my sister, Kathy and, and Janice, and they're scattered all over the country, but they're, they're such blessings. And they, they, they kept God in my life when I kept trying to stray away, if that makes any sense, and try to go do other things. And it always leads back. And that's why I sent you Second Corinthians 5, 7. I've learned in my life to walk by faith and not by sight. There you go. That's been hanging for th- I forever. That is in my office and it's been in every office because whether you're a believer or not, the man is looking out for you. You just got to be smart enough to open up your eyes and see it. And I was. And throughout my career, it's led to some of the other things that's happened. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's why, uh, you know, when we talked and when we emailed I was just like, wow, this guy's getting so, this guy's getting spiritual, man. He's a holy roller. I was like, he, he must be a chaplain. He must be a team chaplain or something. And, and then I just said, I just said, yeah, I work at, I teach and coach at a Catholic school. And so, but that doesn't necessarily uh, equate to somebody, you know, being holy or being Christian or being a believer because, uh, but luckily I am. Thank, thank the Lord. I'm blessed to be one. And like I stated earlier, I think, you were put in my path for a reason because, uh, you know, we always struggle here and there and, and I'm glad that you speak about your faith on my show because nothing is OB, nothing is out of bounds. And I run this show the way I want to run it and what I want to hear. And I just hope it does reach out to somebody because you know what, Dave, it seems like all your family members, all your loved ones, uh, every time you kept trying to pull away, they just, they, they just hung on to you. They just hung on to you. And it seems like, uh, it seems like God, God was putting the right people in your path, you know, to keep you, to keep you in his sight. 
Well, you put he put me in. You were in my path previously too. People don't know that but you were. <laughs> oh, so you know it's not I, like I, we're. St- I say that. I say that. We're too. not strangers. I, I, always, I always say that. But you know what? When I was when I was a starter there in Northcliffe, man, uh, I would always see you. I'd always see you. You're always working. You were always working. You were always working. And I think I remember I finally got to go out there and I see you play. And I think it was the 4th of July. We y'all would all, I say we. I say we because I was there too, you know, when we'd have it. Uh, we were having a 4th of July scramble that would you'd always have in Northcliffe. And I thought it was so cool because, you know, I still haven't seen this at other courses to this day. Y'all were playing uh, mixed match uh, tees of the red, white, and blues. And then sure enough, I see Casey Carnes out there with you. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And I'm like... I see him today, you know, working with Mike and working with the Mach 3, uh, winning all these ACGT events, you know, playing at Pebble, all these amateur events. And seeing you and some of those guys go at it, uh, it was awesome to watch. I remember I was kind of trailing y'all. I was trailing y'all. And you probably said, oh, my God, the guy does play golf after all. He doesn't work in the shop. <laughs> he, doesn't, he, doesn't just, he doesn't just get after people and uh, sell Nike clubs. <laughs> Yeah, it's so like yeah. Well, I, I'm matter of fact, they're back. Well, I'm sponsored by Strix. Well, I was by Strix on too, but the Nikes are back there still because I won't get rid of them. But no, Casey Carnes, great friend of mine. I love Casey to death. Um, we went through some good times and some hard times together from Wood Lake to North Cliff. The guy is very successful. The guy is a totally awesome, not only a golfer, but he's a totally awesome parent, um, a great husband. Um, matter of fact, his wife and I have share the same birthday. Um, his son is Tyler, which mine's Ty. So we have a lot in common and, you know, just to see Casey, um, be so successful is so exciting. You know, I'm one of his guys. He knows cause I clap all the time for him and stuff, but, uh, I'm his Facebook stalker and, uh, <laughs> he's just, he's still an awesome talent, awesome guy. And, and it's and it's fun to watch him hit the ball, you know, because I thought a long time ago I was far and big and long until I played in an event with John Daly and he out drove me. So when Casey started out driving me, I'm like, dude, you know, it's OK. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm used to seeing that. I'm going to catch you once out of every 15. But uh, no, you, you go back to that. And what you say is that I've always been a giver. Not a t- in the beginning, when I was rough around the edges, I was a taker. I was taker. I take advantage of the situations and stuff like that. And when I went to Korea, I was by myself. I was young. I would say I was stupid. Um, when God gave me a second chance and actually saved my life, because I was in some a dreadful situation um, and turned me back into golf, and um, I became a giver. I remember what my mom had told me. Um, Son, you're here on earth to put smiles on your face and give love in your heart. And that's what I try to do each and every day to everybody that I touch. And like when you worked with me, I I would sacrifice so you could succeed. And uh, um, he's always been there during the Maalox moments. Every time something has happened, God's opened up another door and it hadn't skipped a beat. And so I'm I'm very blessed, very blessed. Well, um, I remember that last day at Northcliffe, and I want to get into your time. I want to keep. I want to. I want to keep these. Uh, these. Uh, these. The waterfalls flowing. All right. I want to keep the the rivers flowing. I remember that last day, and and I and 
and I really Northcliffe holds a special place in my heart as a as a golfer. And one of the reasons why I started this podcast as well is because that's really where I fell deep into the game. Uh, my first daughter, I was there in 08. And I think it was uh, August, August 08, because my first daughter had just been born. And again, you know, hey, when it's your first child or, you know, your only child and uh, finances are tight and the game of golf, it, it, it was expensive. My wife said, hey, if you're going to do this, if I know it's your love, I know it's your passion. If you're going to play a game of golf, you're going to have to support it. And so I said, okay, shoot. I said, what does that mean? And so I'm looking at all the ads, looking online for starters anywhere. And the only place, the only person that called me back was Jack Mitchell, right? And he was the only guy to call me back <laughs> from all the places I, <laughs> and, uh, and I went there and I'm telling you, I fell, I really fell head, head over heels in love with the game of golf. And that last day that we were there, I remember we're in the pro shop. You're there behind the desk. Uh, I show up and I said, Hey Dave. And I said, screw those guys. They don't know what the hell they are. You know, cause you had so many, you had so many detractors, so many haters. And I think, uh, what, what I do like about Kobe Bryant, I like to take a lot of the great quotes from a lot of these great athletes. Kobe Bryant said, I always measure my success by how many people boo me, by how much people boo me. And I think that was, it, it sucked. And, and I was pissed off for you that so many people, you know, were, were trying to throw you under the bus saying this, that, and the other about you. But I think that anybody that was in that business or that worked there or that loved that place knew the real story about how you gave everything you had into that place. And I was hurt to see you that last day, but I was so thankful because I wanted to see you. That's why I went out there to go play the last day it was open. And I remember you told the guy at the register, Hey, uh, just charging for a card fee. And I was like, Hey, that's a victory. That's a small victory. And I, I really like that, that went miles for me. I said, I already, already looked at you and respected you big time, but like that really meant a lot to me. And one of the guys uh, gave me one of the, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm a VIP somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have one of my coolers said, I stole this from Northcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. Okay. Honestly, I did, but I took it to another course and it got stuck in the cage and I couldn't get it out. I couldn't oh. get it out. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank you. See, because that right there warms my heart because, you know, one of the last things my mom did say before she did pass away was that I'm here to touch people's lives. And, you know, you, you go through life, there's no manual on how to do this. You know, you just do the best you can 24, seven, 365. And, um, Northcliffe took a lot out of me physically, mentally hurt my marriage, hurt my relationship with my son, my, my stepdaughters. And, um, you know, if people really knew the real story of the last few years, it would blow their mind. But you know what? You, you say that, the, you know, people were hard on me. They they thought ill will, you know, and we were doing things. Every dime that came through that door went back to that door. It went it went to doing something in that thing. And there are nights that people don't know that I went out in the middle of the night or my one of my workers, Mike Gingerelli or Frank, who just passed away um, or Kurt, who passed away last year. We um we would go out in the middle of the night and we'd cut cups. We would water by hand. We would do anything it took to keep it. There's days that, you know, you, you wouldn't believe it, that all of us work 14, 15 hours a day trying to keep the slice of heaven because Northcliffe was unique. It was not, it's not like any other place that I've been. 
the housing people around there, Scenic Hills, others, they took us in like family. Um, they love us. Hey, Gordo's on today. Gordo, my right-hand man. Gordo knows the real deal. He's my bowling partner too. And, you know, um, it, you know, it is what it is. As long as I know, and this is the way, a long time ago, I would have been mad, right? But I learned a long time ago, I did everything I could to make it happen. And as it was winding down and the reality of Northcliffe had to close, God opened another door and I'm doing what I am today, which is, I mean, being the grandfather of Air Force Golf is, is, is so beautiful because I'm a disabled veteran and to help mentor and help. I've got a great team of Chris Bowles and Al Holbrook and Clay Murray. And uh, we help golf managers around the world, player development, program development. We look at their, their finances and help them out how they can make money and stuff. Because see, people don't realize that military courses have to make money. This is not, uh, you know, it's not a charity. These guys got to make money or we close them down. And so I using the 32 plus years of being in the golf business and all the people I've met um, to, you know, give them love. And that's what I want to do. I want to give people love. We had a conversation with my big boss today about this. You know, he says, Dave, do you want to move and get back into the field? Why? I can touch 58 more golf managers' lives who can touch their staffs, who can then touch the lives of their patrons than me just going and doing it at a golf course. So I, I love what I, I love what I do and I wouldn't change it for the world. Well, I got Gordo right here. I've got one of those keychains too. One of the cart guys tried to take it and I was like, sorry, bro. <laughs> this one's mine. <laughs> and, uh, I know where there are some more and I still have 1,000 Northcliffe pins somewhere. All right, man. That's it. That's it. <laughs> hey, hey, those are hot. That's a hot commodity right there. And then I got one of my other buddies. Sometimes they don't come hey, up. Hey, that's where Jimmy Walker grew up playing. So Really? Yes. No way. Yeah, really? his dad lived on uh, hole number four for the longest time. He just moved. But uh, Jimmy grew up his middle school and high school years playing Northcliffe Golf Club. Man, I, I, I hope everything – I hope as he gets healthier and healthier, him and his, him and his wife, that he's able to get that, that – the time that he's lost back because I do. He's one of the good guys. He's one of the good guys in the game. He's always been really cordial with me as I've been uh, covering Valero here and there. And he's one of the guys, like, I really root for. I hope he gets his game back on track. I really do. He's a great guy. He is a great guy. And uh, he would show up once in a while, let me know he's coming, call me, Dave, I'm on the way. And I would make room and make sure that nobody bothered him because he's out there to be just, he wants to relax just like everybody else. And people got to realize that. And that was one of the big things over at the Golf Club of Texas because I'd have the Spurs play and all these guys because they didn't, the, you go to the Dominion, you go to La Contera, everybody's there. They'd come out, Michael Finley, Nazi, Steve Kerr, 
you know, I had Doc Rivers. We'd go play golf and stuff like this. And I would go, we'd take them on one side and everybody else is going the other side. So when they got, you know, and then they kind of look and I told them, guys, you got to stop driving all these Escalades because you know what? People at the golf club of Texas don't drive Escalades. That's Brig Ranch. And you know, they, so we started having them park in the maintenance area. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's area that maintenance in the maintenance bar. Yeah. Area. <laughs> yeah. We park in there and then nobody's going to bother you and they won't even know you're here. So yeah. All right. So right here, I got, I got Gordo again. Um, I went and played 14 not too long ago. That damn tree is still in my way. <laughs> yes. And we still have guys who go out there who mow it. Yes. Some of the gang and they go play. Um, you know, my backyard is a reminder. I still live out on hole 15 and um, of what we had and, and the demise. And, you know, it's my faith that keeps me rocking, especially since I'm doing a lot of my work now, um, teleworking. Um, as the military kind of regroups and, uh, and does that. So, you know, I see it every day and, uh, you know, it is what it is. We, we, we did our best and that's all people can do. And that's what they got to realize. You know, it was just like when I was trying to make it on the tour, I did the best I could. I just couldn't putt like them. And so guess what? Cause what you might think is a great putter. I am a great putter out there. They're exceptional. And so I gave the best. So there's no regrets. The regret would have been if I didn't try. And in the same way with Northcliffe, when it was because it, it, it had a chance to close two and a half years earlier. And my wife and I said, hey, let's give this a go. We think we can do it. We, we rebuilt. I rebuilt it in 2010 when there was dirt greens. We were doing 48,000 rounds by 2015, 2016. And, you know, the odds were against us. And, you know, like I said, the big man upstairs had a different plan for me. He just, I just didn't know it. <laughs> I just didn't know it at that point. So uh, now, now, now you say you, you say you don't have any regrets. Well, what are some of the biggest uh, trials and tribulations that you've had to overcome as you're here as a player development, a course development through uh, working with these uh, these military courses? Well, it's what people don't realize is the military goes by a different set of rules and um, we have to navigate through them. Um, you know, people are been out of shape because we go to Hepcon Charlie. We can't let civilians on base, but now we can. We got to do it with the past. You got to understand that the military bases are secure and there's a lot of secure things on there where there isn't over at the San Antonio Country Club or La Contera or the TPC, you know. And so um, some of the things that have been challenging is the mindset of – because you get set, and no matter where you're at, but even in the out of the military, you keep doing that. You have to keep rebranding yourself. You have to be fresh and new all the time. Look at Coca-Cola. Look at Domino's Pizza. Look at all these major companies keep rebranding themselves. Okay, that is to not only continue the market that they get, but get the a different market share. One of our biggest things in the military, especially with airmen, is the millennials and Gen Z. Everybody's hooked on video games. I didn't have that when I was growing up playing golf. My mom, you know, was like, come in before dark or, you know, you go pick the switch. Now, these airmen, um, soldiers um, from the Army and others, um, they want to play video games. So my goal is to get them out of the barracks and get them on the course again. 
Well, I think you're doing a good job of doing that. Um, I, have, I have a big question. I, I have a question in regards to the military courses. Someone once told me that you see the condition of the courses depending on the commander, whoever, whoever's in charge of that base. Like if they're a golfer, their course is going to be in great shape. Is that true? I can't tell not. you or I would have to kill you. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, that's what I want to know because I'm over here dropping that line with some of my buddies, you know, and we're out there at Lackland. We're out there at Gateway Hills. And, uh, you know, it, and so I, I had the hat right here behind me. It's, a, it's right here it's, or it's the other side. I don't know. There you go. Uh, it's a Fairways for Warriors. It's a group that I do a lot of stuff with. Uh, Steven Escobedo, Beto, he runs it. A uh, great guy. I met one of my good buddies. I say one of my best buddies. His name is Albert Hutchinson's. Everyone, everyone calls him Hutch. Hutch. Uh, Hutch. And I'm going to tell you, uh, just, I think just like you stated about being in the military, it's a little, it, it's different. Cause uh, I kind of was just like, I was a guest. He invited me out to one of the clinics. I was checking everything out and, and they do a little scramble. They do like a nine hole scramble. And we were uh, Fort Sam. I think it was after there was some really bad wind storms or something. And so Fort Sam was kind of cleaning up debris and stuff. So we're at, uh, we're at gateway Hills and I'm playing the first hole. And I think I'm at 110 out and I, I end up hitting short and Hutch tells me, he goes, is that all you got Sally? And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to take it. Right. I'm just going to take it. And the next two holes, him and some other guy, uh, they were, they were really giving me the business. Right. And I said, okay, I'm done being respectful. I'm going to give it back to him. And so I started giving it back to him. And that's when you can tell they started to let their guard down and they're like, Hey, uh, this guy, this guy can be out here with us. You know, I, um, I'm horrible. I was a horrible golfer just like they were. And, uh, but I could give them the business back. And I think, uh, one of the things that I, I had never, I had never really played Fort Sam too much as well. And so when we're out there, uh, I guess what, what plays at five o'clock is it taps, right? I guess the, the taps yes. plays and my, you know, being my natural reaction, uh, you know, I, I stopped, take off my hat. I, I didn't know the routine. I just put my hand over my heart and, you know, just wait until it is done playing. That's and, what we do. And, and, you know, Hutch was saluting and he tells me, he says, Hey, I want to thank you. And I said, well, for what? He said, for, for, you know, being respectful and for, you know, for, for showing respect, you know, as taps is being played, I said, Oh dude, uh, man, yeah, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to thank me as like, I'm thanking y'all, you know, cause my dad, you know, my dad fought in Vietnam as well. And it, it's amazing. It's amazing when you, it's a, it's a, like, it, it's a real feeling you get, like you get those goosebumps, you get the chills down your spine when you're out there on the military courses and the taps plays. And, uh, that was something that I thought was, you don't get that anywhere else. You don't. No. And, and, and I thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, it's kind of like the respect that Heidecki's, uh, caddy gave to Augusta, you know, and, and, and that goes a long way with us who are military veterans and stuff like that. Um, the courses again, they're now open to play. You got to get a pass, but the money they make go back good them and when people say well the condition well nobody's playing the golf course um we our golf courses i mean we've got some of the we have some historic golf courses fort sam is a tilling house course tilling house yep randolph is a fantastic phenomenal course and over there at lackland number nine heart attack hill they've got a new (laughs) golf manager who just came from guam and he's going to do great things for that golf course he is going to do really. Steve O'Hearn is the new 
golf man, he's going to do great things there. And uh, we're here as a AFSBC um, Air Force Services to support him and support I, him in his mission to make it um, a great golf course. And, the, and, and that's part of our job and that's part of my job. And we're glad to do that. But, uh, you know, one of the, the lost things you talk about veterans right quick is they have this new VIC card. I have one in my wallet. Um, it's a disabled veterans card. Um, president Trump, when he was the president signed into action that these guys could take these cards. It's a white card. You get from these guys here, you get them Audie Murphy and if you're a disabled veteran, you go to security forces, you go get that thing done. They can play all three courses. They can use the services on base as well as the commissary, the BX, bowling, the gym, the golf wow. courses. It's a new category that I'm working programs to try to bring these disabled veterans out to the golf course. Wow. That's amazing. That's needed, though. That, that's needed. And, and like we spoke uh, when we were, you know, we're, we're sending emails back and forth. And that's why I think uh, wounded, war, wounded warrior organizations, Fairways for Warriors, uh, the military heroes. I, I, I think they're doing some great things. I just, it was so alarming to hear how many suicides uh, are, are occurring within our veterans. And I think, uh, you know, when, when telling you, when, when speaking with you, this is why one of the biggest reasons I started the show is because I feel like, like golf saved your life. Golf saved my dad's life. And I think it's continually doing that for others. And, and as the, the COVID golf boom is occurring right now, um, especially amongst you know, it's one of the things that you could do and feel safe and feel okay to go outside to do. Uh, I think it's also doing that for others, not just military people, not just veterans. I think it's doing that for the guy that, that doesn't know how to handle certain life situations, the new dad, uh, the, maybe somebody that just lost their job, somebody that's dealing with something because it's, I, I don't know what, I don't know what it is, Dave. It's just, you go out there and it's just, I don't know if it's maybe you're putting your stress towards something else or is your mind get more like at a peaceful moment. You're enjoying that sun, that sundown golf. You're just enjoying that time with yourself or that time with your Lord and savior, that time with maybe a, a loved one, you know, the spirits of that loved one. I don't know what it is, but man, you know what they just, call that? What do they call that? Vitamin D therapy. <laughs> That's vitamin fun. D That's therapy. Fun. That is it, baby. It's the sun. You are in the outdoors. And, you know, one of the things that saved myself from destruction back in Korea was I was able to walk those fairways and I felt free carrying my bag out there, hanging out, playing golf, you know, not a care in the world, just worried about trying to get that little silly ball into the hole. And it was so relieving. It was, and, and you know, and that's why when people get all mad playing golf, dudes, you're not a pro. Only 1% of the world can break 80. Okay. You're in the other realm okay so just stay in your lane and just enjoy the game stop breaking clubs stop throwing clubs go out and have fun because golf is just an acronym for hey i'm gonna hit this little white ball until it falls in the hole that's just all that's what it means that's all it means and people just got to realize to go out and have fun so my job and my make golf fun again oh, I, make love golf fun. I love it I love it. Just go out there and have fun. Be social. If, if you don't want to score, don't score. Just go out and have fun. That's what it's all about. Get out. Get out and put out, baby. That's it. Get out and put out. 
<laughs> I like that one. Hey, I'm I'm gonna take that one. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the copyright. On that. <laughs> I'm full of it. I'm I, you know because one of the things that I do is also marketing. So as you found out when we were going back and forth, so yeah, get out and put out, baby. I, I like so, that. I like that. I'm I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that one pretty good. All right. So I got here. I'm gonna put post a couple of comments right there. Uh, my buddy uh, Daniel Trejo put. Uh, He's U.S. Coast Guard. He's one of our. He's one of our finest. He's a sheriff here in town. Uh, Taps at Lackland was the best, and uh, he put number nine fire. <laughs> number nine yep, fire. Heart attack hill, baby. <laughs> I, Do you know why they put that cart down at the bottom and you take it, and when you come down ten, you leave it again because you know. <laughs> Is that why? Is that why it's there? Yes, oh, that's man. why it's there. <laughs> I think what, it's a short, it's a short hole. But what is it? What is it at an incline? What, what it is, is a seven degree incline? Oh, and let's put it this man. way: if you are in San Diego driving down the eight, which is six percent slope, and they put bumpers for trucks who cannot make the turn, so you can go straight and go to an easy stop. So just think about they're going up seven degree slope. Your golf ball doesn't get to the top, and it come on back down to you if it's mowed. <laughs> I think one time we zapped it. I think we were like, okay, it says on the GPS, oh, we're only 77 yards out. And I think we zapped it. I think it was like maybe like uh, 90 or like 100. I'm like, damn. I said, it's that much of a that much of an incline, you know, whatever, that we got to go through. It's 107, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you see, there you go. All right. Now, yeah. my now my buddy, Daniel, uh, he's a veteran as well. He was he was a sniper. I think if I'm not mistaken, he was a sniper for the Coast Guard, if I'm not mistaken. Or he was something he was special ops. He was special right. ops. Uh, yeah. So so it's funny because whenever I share I like anything, those guys, <laughs> oh, I love him. And I'm glad he's on my side, because whenever I whenever and I know he's like special forces with uh, whatever the SWAT is for the sheriff's department. That's that's his role. And so I know whenever I kind of share anything on Facebook about a, a stolen vehicle or a loss, you know, I share it from somebody. He calls me. He goes, hey, bro, where was it last that? I'm like, man, you're on it, dude. I love you. You're on it. I got Starsky and Hutch on the show. What are we talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, let's let's get it into a little bit lighter side of golf, lighter side of golf. What's your favorite course uh, in around this area? In or around this area? Uh, well, I got a couple. It just depends on my feelings. I love Landa Park, the the redo that Chad Donegan and the city of New Braunfels has done. Landa Park is like totally, totally awesome. Of course, you can't stop loving the TPC of San Antonio. I mean, come on, you you can't. Um, you know, I like the country club. See, I get to play golf courses. A lot of people don't really get to step on like Cordillera and stuff like that. But if if I was going to pick a golf course. And I know that because it's military, I love Randolph and I love Fort Sam. Um, Randolph is in such phenomenal shape. It's a walker's course. I'm starting to walk again. Fort Sam's got two great courses. Um, you know, they're getting in, it's getting in better shape every day. Um, because everybody thinks, well, your favorite course, it has to have 27 bunkers off the tee. It has it. No, no. I want playability and funability. You, you can use that word too, funability, <laughs> because that's what our game is all about. You know, and so I, I, I like I like simple courses. I, I enjoy the big ones and I've played everything. I took my players test at Oak Tree in the men's course. You know, I've played phenomenal golf courses like the stadium course at La, La Quinta in, you know, where Lee Trevino made the hole in one on 16. I've played courses like that. I played Wolf Creek um, with the Doobie Brothers. Mark Kionis, the, the drummer at the time, used to play with 
an Alban band. I've played those courses, but I have more fun at places like Landa Park, Randolph, Fort Sam, you know, Golf Club of Texas. I, I just have so much fun at those golf courses because I was there where I had to grind it out, whether it's going to be meat or baloney, Motel 6 or the car, you know what I'm saying? And so I just want to have fun. That's it. Fun. I love Landa. I love the way they redid Landa because I was always one of those guys that I was always at Schlitterbahn with the family and the kids. I was always with my family and kids looking at the top <laughs> at the course. Like, I think that I was like, that's 16 or you're Mr. Wilson on tool time. I was looking over there and I was just like, my wife's looking at me like, don't worry, babe. Don't worry. One day, one day you'll be on the other. And I was like, I know. I was like, don't get me wrong. I love being with y'all. I love you. Yes. But I, I want to be on that side too. And then finally I got to play in a cash game out there this past, uh, this past summer. And finally I was on, I don't know what's it's that back hole. I think it was that part three. Uh, you know, it's got the two bunkers right there. I don't know what hole it is. I can't tell you what hole. I don't That's know. If like it's like 14. 14. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There you go. And so then finally I'm seeing those people there and they're looking at me and I'm just like, hey. I'm like, this is what it feels. This it feels. Well, you know, just to let you know, good on this side. Brody, their superintendent, just won superintendent of the year. That so. course, that course is amazing, and it's not long. It's not long, but man, it's challenging. It's you challenging. You have to hit you shots, have to and it takes spots. the driver out of your hands. Oh man, yeah. I, and I and I love that. I, I love that. And my buddy Estevan right here put love Landa Park. It's in great shape, and it is. Gosh, it just. I do. It's one of those challenging courses and it makes you think. And it just, as you get to the point where I think my, I am in my, in my golf game, I'm at a, at a 10.3 handicap right now. And it's just, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And even if the whole kick in my ass, I'm like, damn, that was interesting. And that was a fun one. All right. Favorite, favorite golf movie. Come on. My son's named after Chevy Chase and Caddyshack. Come on. Oh, That's who Ty's named no after. No way. Ty yes. Webb. No. That's oh. who Ty's named after. He was going to be a golfer no matter what. <laughs> uh, well, Go ahead. Quick fires. <laughs> I like these. I, you know. All right. Um, most, memorable, most memorable shot. My most memorable shot. Okay. My most memorable shot was – in 2000 and 2000, let's see, Ty was in middle school. and I got to go back. Um, I'll give you the scenario. I was playing in a Tricom over at uh, Olympia Hills, and there was an MKC on hole number seven. It was 225 yards, a little bit downwind, pin back left. And I hit a yellow Strixon ball in the hole to win an MKZ. That would be it. So I went and got Ty out of school and yeah. <laughs> oh, and celebrate a little bit. <laughs> and then I, I didn't win the car because the paperwork was wrong and they put no. amateurs in the field and pro. So I didn't no. get the car, but it was such a memorable shot. And Dave, went for no. my stick. No. My stick it. Yeah. <laughs> and my second memorable shot is the greatest shot that I probably ever hit in my life. I was goofing around on number three at uh uh, Northcliffe, and I put one ball on top of the other. Mike Contreras, who used to work for me and worked over at Rolling Oaks, and Kurt Cox, and everybody's sitting around. I go, have you ever seen this shot? Chichi used to do this all the time. You hit the ball. The second ball flies up in the air. You catch it, the ball goes in the hole. And we're just laughing. And, oh, Dave, come on, you can't do that. So I got up there with a lob wedge, and sure enough, it went in the hole. 
<laughs> it went in the hole. And I was like, <laughs> Matt, you know what? I just, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that I could just make shots like that. All right. I'm, I'm one of the guys that I, I'm always thinking about the, the what ifs though. Okay. What if I hit it this way and it goes and it hits somebody? I'm just, I'm not that guy. But then again, I've, I've never, I never owned a course, you know? So here's what you got to do. Here's what you have to do. You got to stop being the what ifs because the what ifs are the little old lady driving down I-35 at 40 miles an hour and a 70 waiting for a wreck. You need to like throw your hair back. See, I don't have none, so I can't, but you need to throw the hair back, play caution to the wind golf. Cause how many times, and, and here's a good motto for you. Mad golf is sad golf. The hole gets about that big, right? When you're happy, the hole is like a bucket. How many times you just play out there? You're not thinking anything. You're just casual. And the ball's going in the hole. And you're going, oh, my gosh. Oh, That's man. the way you got to be. I if wish, you start going, okay, could, don't hit it right, you just program to hit it right. I wish I could duplicate those rounds. And I think it was – I was probably like my most comfortable uh, – Ray Garza – I don't know if you're familiar with Ray Garza from Honor Park Golf. Um, he He – as he was just venturing out to starting on par golf at Mission de Lago, uh, he had this little event at Riverside at the par three, right? And we were out there, and I asked, uh, his name was, I think, Jesus Montalvo, the general manager at the time at Riverside. I said, hey, buddy, you know, we had just got done. It was 2 o'clock. I said, hey, man, do you mind if my dad and I hop on the course? He's like, oh, go for it, man, right? So my dad and I, Riverside, and Riverside is, a, is an iconic Iconic course, especially for us people from us guys from Corpus Christi, uh, when mission wasn't around, when it was either you either played Pecan Valley or the next course was Riverside. Right. And a lot of times, a lot of times you couldn't uh, guys like us couldn't afford Pecan Valley. So it was the Muni Riverside. Right. And so uh, I shot at the time I shot my lowest round ever, which was a 76. And again, it was just me and my dad. And you know what? It, I don't think I had very many birdie opportunities, but I just kept getting up and down. I kept getting up and down. And my dad was just like in amazement. He said, you know what? He calls me Andy boy. He says, Savas que Andy boy. I don't think I would have believed you if I didn't see it with my own eyes. And even though I saw, you know, he's like, even though, you know, your dad's got some cataracts, uh, my eyes aren't too good. I still kind of don't believe it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and I'm like, my, like, so I tell all my friends, I said, my dad was there. My dad was there for the round. Uh, I said, because my dad's not going to give it to me. You know, my dad's going to hold me, hold me to the truth and hold me actually to like a higher standard. So I said, if my dad can vouch for me, then, I mean, everyone's got to believe it. That's cool. Yeah. You, you, you and, and your dad and I have history because my lowest round ever 62 was at the Corpus Christi country club where you recently took your dad back. Oh man, it's that's and again, that's not such it's not such a wide course. It's not a long course, but gosh, it's one of those courses that it just it makes you think. It yes, makes it, you, it makes you think. It's in great shape. I uh, actually just uh, I just text messaged the new head pro they have over there, and uh, that round was amazing. I, that was one of that was one of my goals of the podcast. And now that I accomplished that goal, I said, shoot, <laughs> what's next? I was like, I don't, I don't, I'm gonna have to start making new goals because boom, I'm just knocking them out. You know, I'm knocking out these goals. All right, another question here. Who are you playing your last round of golf oh. with? Your last round of golf. Who are you playing? Who did with? I play my last round of golf no. with? Who are you playing your last round of golf with? Your last round of golf on this earth. My son. My son. I wouldn't have it any other way. 
it has to be Ty Roberts. I mean, folks, I know y'all have heard of my son, but he is going to do great things in golf. And my son, um, you know, he was a five-week preemie. He's grown up to be an exceptional golfer, 125 wins, 56 second places in junior golf, going to Division One. The kid is great, not only as a golfer, but he's a great kid. And my last nine holes, because I am in the fourth quarter of my life, I'm just not at the two-minute warning yet, um, it will be with my son, and I will cherish every moment of it. And then I will retire my clubs. Well, I'm going to tell you, Dave, and speaking with you, uh, one thing that, that you told me, but uh, a lot of my buddies and I, we were also referred to it as well. And uh, you can tell there's a different type of golfer out there. And we like to refer to ourselves as a blue, as blue collar golfers, blue collar, baby, <laughs> blue collar, blue collar golfers. And it's just uh, guys that just find a way is just find a way to get it done. And uh, that maybe not didn't take the easiest path. And it seems like, uh, you had some trials and tribulations as, as Ty was growing up. And I remember you telling me uh, it, was, it was tough being out there as a single dad, you know, raising a young man. Oh, it was. And, you know, between running golf courses and, uh, you know, he's running golf courses, making sure he's playing in um, golf tournaments, he's doing school. The kid has a 3.8. And my wife, Jennifer, here, she's she's – a, a big co- contributor to that um, to make sure that everything is squared away. But uh, uh, being a single dad, um, you know, it, it, it's no picnic and no, being single moms are no picnic and you're trying to get your son um, there. And I was born with a rusty spoon and a water burger, of course, but uh, you know, it, it <laughs> we did it the long way Um and doing it, we couldn't afford the AJGA five, six, seven hundred dollar golf tournament. So I taught the culture of winning to my son. Win a lot, you'll be noticed. And uh, Alabama State uh, says, Hey, we know who you are. We want you. And uh, son, we're going to give you a full ride. And we are going to start to compete with the big boys in Division One because of Ty Roberts and um, Bishop Stringer, who they just signed this year, who's a freshman. We got a picture. We got a picture of Ty right here, and I was so happy. I was so happy not only for him and for you and your family because uh, I always say I've had several different champions on this show. I've had several different champions on this show. I've had Cameron Cadillo, and I've had Kaney Bada. Kaney Bada. I've had I've had Ty Roberts, and it seems like man, all these kids, all these kids get it, Dave. They get it. They they understand that that I think they they understand that they have a. Uh, there's some weight on their shoulders that they have to pay it forward. You know, they have to pay it forward. They have to leave this game better than they found it. And it seems like they're paying it forward. Cause I, I, I constantly see that with Ty and his teammates, he's lifting yes. them up. He's lifting them up. He's been a great role model for the other kids in the Southern Texas uh, PGA. And, you know, at any tournaments in junior golf here and around the South Texas and Texas area, uh, like I said, same thing with, with Kenny Bada that he even said it, he told me himself. I mean, he was the San Antonio uh, men's, uh, greater San Antonio uh, city champ. He told me, he said, I did a poor job of recruiting and putting myself out there. And so I hear it from these kids. I, I all these champs, they all have that same thing that they just, that they want to leave this game better than they found it. And I and, love and to hear that. So true. So true. And one of the things that I found 
out in life because I've had those second chances. Life is not a dress rehearsal. Live it now and live it the way you want it to because, you know, it, you're not going to get a second chance. Life's not a dress rehearsal. Do it now. And so that's what I've tried to tell Ty. You got dreams. These are the goals it takes to get to the dream. This is the dedication it takes to get the dream. Do you have the motivation? And he's done that. And so have some of his peers, Quade Woods, Zach Hefferman going to Baylor, um, you know, all these kids, they, 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 they get it. And they're going to leave our game in a better state. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm looking forward to the day that I play my last nine holes with my son. I hope I'm like 90 when I do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I get to tee it up in the fairway and move it away from trees. <laughs> But you know what? Um, I couldn't be more prouder than my son. Uh, he He's my hero. He doesn't know that. He's probably watching this and going, God, my dad says I'm a hero. He is my hero because against all odds of a blue-collar kid making it big time, and he did what it took. And I always tell him champions do what others won't, and he does. I totally agree. I don't think it matters what type of champion you are on what level, whether it's the peewee level, the junior level, the collegiate, NBA, professional level. Like you stated right there, uh, you have to you have to be willing to do do things that others won't, you know, so you so you can get those things that others will never have. Exactly. And. and I'm telling you, like, I feel it's like it's like I'm talking to an older Ty Roberts right now. You know, <laughs> we're like getting those getting those same feels. And uh, he says it. I was trying to pull something out of him, Dave. I was trying to pull something out of him. I said, all right, Ty, well, well, who's been helping you with your swing? Uh, is it is it Dave? Is it Dave over there? Is it a uh, Davo? Uh, you know, and he, and he just kept saying he kept going back to my dad is my coach. My dad is my coach. And yeah. I always will be. And I'm leaving him good hands with. The guys that are the coaches, they're two PGA professionals, Alabama State. But, you know, I want to say something before we ever close the show and stuff, because, you know, like my show, I never have time constraints and stuff. Uh, we talk until we get just tired. But, uh, you know, Andy, I've known you for a few years, and I really want to say that I am truly honored to not only be a guest on your show, but to what you're doing to the better of golf. And we need more you know, Andy's like you in the world that will spread the gospel of golf, the positives of golf, what it can do for your life personally, professionally. And uh, your forum here, you know, nothing is OB is it's totally awesome. And I'm here to support you any way that you want at any time. Well, thank you, Dave. I'm going to tell you, uh, I, I, you messaged me, like I'd say a while back, I think maybe, uh, I don't know if it was February, March, and you said, hey, anytime you need somebody on the show in a pinch, you let me know. And I'm just like, <gasps> I said, what? I'm on the radar. I'm on the radar. And I said, I said it last show. I said, I'm actually trying to help guys. I'm trying to help guys like you and Mike. I'm trying to help guys like Andy. Uh, I said, I said, you know what? Our shows are different. I said, but ultimately they have the same goal. You know, I said, I'm just, I said, I'm trying to help you guys. Because I think y'all are doing some great things, but you can't do everything. You know, just like me, I can't do everything either. And uh, I, I really wanted to do it for stories. And I don't have any time constraints. I, I don't, Dave. So, so that's what I'm saying. I don't. Nothing is OB when I See, say I, that. That's I mean, why I was wondering if you're ever going to ask about the gravy thing because this is Dave <laughs> Roberts' gravy. You I'm, know, but, uh, I'm not there yet, Dave. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And But no, you, you're, you're a blessing. And 
you don't realize it. Like I didn't realize the impact I had on people's lives. Um, and I didn't send you that picture cause I would have cried. Um, till when I left Northcliffe, I spent 10 years at Northcliffe and, uh, I gave my body and soul to it where I was sometimes physically and mentally ill that, you know, cause I gave it at all. And, um, I came home one day from the agency after I got my new job with the air force, uh, being a golf professional. And, um, on the sign that you come in on both sides of the entrances, the one over by Chelsea road and the one on the main road, all it said was, thanks, Dave. And I stopped my car. I took a picture. I drove to my house and I cried because again, I didn't know the impact that I made and you're making impacts, you know, and, you know, we want to support that. We want to support the positive stuff in life and those who are impacting. And, you know, I, I told you in the little thing that, uh, you know, I want to now impact all my veteran friends and my brothers because people don't understand that we wrote a blank check for our lives. I was on a rapid deployment force. My wife didn't know at the time. My, my first wife didn't know where I was at times because we're off doing things to bad people yeah. and coming back. And what people don't realize is sometimes we come back, but some of us, we've left something there, if you know what I'm saying. And, yeah, I uh, got you. I, I totally understand. I want to help all the veterans. I'm going to be a big veteran advocate. I'm going to get these guys uh, knowing what's going on. And I want to actually, you know, if it's Fairways for Warriors or anything, I want to get involved with my brothers and make sure that their quality of lives um, I can pass on what I have to them and give them a better quality of life and have fun playing golf at while they're doing it. Well, man, that, that's awesome, Dave, because you know what? So the I, guy who just put on there, damn it, Andy, every time I watch, <laughs> I get dust in my eyes. Now you got water to wash it out. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's my buddy. <laughs> that's my buddy, Daniel Trejo. Hey, he's he's the one that works for the the sheriff's department, and uh, hey, go go to our law enforcement. Amen to them, brothers. They do the same thing we did in the military. We put our lives with a blank check. Don't know if we're coming home. No, and and, and the thing is, uh, whether uh, I'm, I'm a true believer, I'm a true believer in in our law enforcement. I'm a true believer in our military because y'all guys uh, put on the line every day. You know, when it was your turn, my dad always says this. He says, "Don't thank me, son." don't thank me. It was my duty. And I always, I always love how he always says that he said that for the past, like as long as I can remember that no, it was my pleasure. It was my duty. And I think if anybody there, there's so much we could do to help others and seeing the fairies for warriors, they're always, they have their little teams where they're constantly checking on each other. They're checking on their brothers. They're checking out. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, man, like these guys got it right. Like these guys got it freaking right. And I'm, and this is this is why this is one of the reasons why. And Dave, you don't understand, Dave. Uh, like you telling me that, it makes me feel like uh, at times we need it. We need the encouragement. You know, you need the encouragement because there's so many times that I've wanted to just stop. I wanted to quit because so many people have told me no. So many people, no, no, we only do stuff with national podcasts or national affiliated, you know, big network podcasts. No, you know, no, 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 no. And it, it was kind of embarrassing. I remember one time we went to Edwin Watts and I had my daughter with me and we we're looking, you know, for some golf clothes for a young, you know, a young 10 year old uh, girl. 
And, you know, and I said, Hey, but I gave my card to one of the managers there or whatever. I said, Hey buddy, uh, I'd love to have somebody on the show. You know, I'm just really starting it off. It was a couple of years ago. And he says, Oh, sorry. We only do stuff with national uh, podcast or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, thank you, sir. Whatever, you know, I left. And my daughter's like, dad, uh, that doesn't, you're not embarrassed. And I said, I said, uh, yeah, babe, I kind of am. But you know what I said? Uh, you have to be able to humble yourself. You have to be able to, to be humble. And you know what I said? It, it's, it's going to work. It's going to work one day. I just got to keep, you got to keep grinding. You have to keep grinding. And that term in the game of golf uh, that every golfer I think can understand that term. And I've said it so many times on my show is, can you grind? Can you grind on the course? Can you grind in life? You know, can, can you just be a grinder in the toughest times? Can you be a grinder when that ball is behind a tree or when you have a, a, a tough lie that you just want to maybe take an unplayable or can you just find a way out? Well, let me give you a little piece of advice here because you know, this is what I do being the grandfather of golf. There was a 75 year old man. Well, 65 year old at the time had a uh, disability check, um, a social security check, and he had this great recipe and he decided that he was going to go to all these chicken places and he wanted to sell a, get a profit from their recipe. He went to win 1000 people who said no to his recipe, okay? He had a special recipe. He wouldn't give it to them. He would show them how to use it, blah, 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 blah. He had the rights to it. But you know what? Colonel Sanders made a heck of a lot of money with 1001. <laughs> uh, he sure as hell did, man. <laughs> 1,000 people said no. You do not know who's going to say yes. Well, I, I think that's how I got lucky with my wife. I just, you know what? Everyone says, man, how does your wife do it? And I said, well, you know what? It was kind of like a Royal Rumble. And she was just the last person standing. <laughs> I think you have kicked your coverage because I've yeah. seen pictures of your wife. Hell yeah, no, I'm, I'm 41 years old. She's, she's a doll. I'm like, I'm like, thank you, baby. Hey, keep waking up early and working out. Thank you. While I'm over here, <laughs> while I'm over here staying up late, eating pizza and drinking some brewskis. Uh, hey, yeah, thank you, baby. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you, 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 you keep on going in that direction <laughs> and she's going to have you in yoga pants pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Dave. I'm already, she, my wife crossfits a lot and she's already, she's already got me converted to all these crossfit bands, you know, and stuff and shorts and stuff. Okay. All right. So one of the last things right here, Dave, I really, you, you've mentioned to me about, uh, you, uh, the show you and Mike have the Texas golf insider and that you've just recorded your 1000 and third, uh, continuously weekly episode. And that you actually said that it's lasted longer than two of your marriages. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. Well, here I have a picture. I have a picture of your beautiful family right now, right there. And, uh, I wanted to ask you like, so is this is not Ty's Ty's, uh, birth mother? No, that's Jennifer, my wife right now. Um, that's at the Woodlands where Ty completed the trifecta, as they call it, the Ty Slam. Those three trophies are uh, all three of the South Texas PGA Junior Major Championships, and Ty has every single one of them. And Jennifer is a very big supporter. Matter of fact, she's going to come out this weekend on Saturday and Sunday to Breckenridge to watch him while I work because Ty's going to defend his title where he shot 64-64 last year at a prestige event, and she will be out there supporting them and then next week she's going on the wednesday to um support him at the uh he's got the regionals at the hyatt where i've got to work and then i've got to take my second vaccine um so yeah she's phenomenal big supporter and she besides me 
she's the best caddy because she caddied for him in that tournament. <laughs> and she read every single putt and said, it breaks this way. And he trusted her and he shoots 68, 69 with Jennifer on the bag. Oh man. It, what course was this at? That's the Woodlands, buddy. The oh, Woodlands. Man. Oh man. I played, I played, uh, what was it? The, I played Carlton Woods. I think I played Great Carlton. Place. Oh my Great. gosh. Oh my gosh. Jason Alexander, director of golf. Great guy. Yes. Oh, well see, like they, they're not letting guys like me on, on that course. Right. So I, I, I knew a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy. Right. And, it's, uh, it's, it was amazing. It, it was amazing. And would you say that Jennifer's been a, a big part of you, uh, getting into this, you know, getting into your gravy part of your life. And, uh, she's really helped kind of bring Ty along and been kind of that missing piece. Yeah, she she has because, as a matter of fact, we got married in 2013. But uh, uh, shortly after we got married at Hope Number Six at Northcliffe, Jennifer, due to her car wreck, plays left-handed and right-handed, and um, she has a, both sets in her bag. And she hits a four iron in the hole, first hole in one ever. She didn't believe it; she thought it knocked it over. And uh, so she goes up, and I'm filming this right because she didn't <laughs> believe it was there. She picks up the ball, and you. She calls Ty on the phone and says, Ty, I did something in golf you haven't done. I have a hole in one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I get so jealous. I get so jealous because I follow, I follow the – obviously, I follow all these golf people, right? And and I had Ruben Cadaveo. I know you had Ruben on y'all show too, right? I had Ruben on the show and such a great guy for the Alamo City Golf Trail. And he, you know what? He always posts the 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 the, the hole in ones, right? And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm waiting, Dave, Dave. I'm waiting for my damn picture to be on there, dude. I'm waiting. Your picture will be on I'm there. Waiting. I'm waiting. It's like when you <laughs> met your wife. It was. Oh. It'll happen unexpected. Okay? Oh man, it just happens. I was like, I, was, I thought you were gonna say at, at Beefy's backyard. With at the <laughs> Man, it will happen at the least, the least expected time. I mean, I had one at the golf club of Texas a million years ago when um, hole number three, which is hole number 12. Now I was on the phone with my pro shop worker. I threw a ball down, grabbed my seven iron out because we we're playing the back tees. I hit a little draw in there, two hops into the hole. I was like, well, why do I ever aim? If I could do this by dropping a phone on the ground and it's doing this, why am I even aiming? Because how many times we try so hard that we mess it up? Oh, so, God. so everything in golf is reverse. You, you know, I, I'm writing a book right now. It's called Golf Uncomplicated, the four easy th- keys to golf. The only four things you need to know about golf, because how many times you think of all this other stuff, you know what? And, and watching you play, because I've seen you play. If an NFL kicker stayed over the ball as long as you do when you're about to hit it, he'd get tackled when they snap the ball. OK, oh. so, you, you know, you, you kind of <laughs> just react. OK, oh, it's. It's a free throw. I try to take up all the 10 seconds like a free, like a know, free throw. <laughs> you know, and people are snoring in your group. Uh, yeah, you know? man. You know what? This nobody had real proof, and now like there's actually <laughs> some digital proof that that my friends are right, that those other freaking jerks are right, man. I'm like, damn, that's what they're like. <laughs> they're like, you know, like you wake up. <laughs> yeah, wake up, man. Wake up. Wait, give you the denozo, you know. So no. Um you know, you're, you're, you're a great golfer, 10 handicap. A lot of people would love to have what you have. Um, but again, as I said, you're making a great impact 
not only with the podcast, but spreading the word of golf. And we need more people like you, like Mike Bratchman in the world. Uh, the guy at Carlton Woods, Jason Alexander, has a little show for his members. We need more of that, the normal, everyday people to spread the word of golf. Oh, man, it's, it's, a, it's a great game. and It's a great time right now. And I'm, I'm thankful that this, I'm thankful that the show is picking up because I do, I'm, I'm trying to reach the masses and I'm, and I'm sure you know how that happens. You know, you just, you just hope that, that one day somebody that, you know, listens to your show can get something from it and can take it with them and kind of apply it in their life. And that, that's really what I'm trying to do because I've had so many good people, uh, in my life and good people that I've had on the show. And, and I, I think I said this, I don't know if I, I said this to Greg Hiller, and I said, I hate I to grow um, oh, great. You know what? And I was so nervous. I was so nervous about his podcast. I was, I was just like in the first five minutes, I said, Oh crap, this is, I'm over here. Like, cause I'm taking notes. Cause I'm taking notes as you're talking. I'm taking notes as you're talking, right? Like just picking up pointers. Right. And I was like, I'm over here just throwing the damn book. I'm just throwing the book. I said, gosh, this is going to suck. This is going to be the shortest damn podcast I've ever had. Greg is going to be so hard to get him to open up. And finally what happens? He gets comfortable. You know, he gets in that, he starts getting in that sweet spot and he's just going off telling story after story, opening up. And I'm like, man, this like, he's, he's a funny guy. Like he's such a great dude. He is. You know? And he has two great kids who are playing the South Texas PGA juniors, you know, and I love both the boys and I always egg them on who's playing for chores this week, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I, I love Greg Hiller. He's a great guy, great professional, great teaching professional and uh out of the tpc and uh you know that's one thing that i am blessed in my life you know because through what i've done in golf you know being able to talk and walk with arnie and jack and lee and you know having gary player on the show and you know that was visiting awesome. with david Faraday and you know when we would go into the champions lockers when they were at the at&t and hang out with freddie and um you know the guys and tom kite and ben crenshaw I get access to people like Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day that the normal person doesn't. And what I've tried to teach Ty is to respect that because he's gone on some of these things with me and met Rory and Sergio. And he actually even at the Dell match play a couple of years ago was the guy holding the hats for Phil Mickelson as he was signing for him because Phil asked him to. And so, um, you know, respect those guys because one of those days ty you're going to be that guy and always remember where you come from take care of the south texas pga take care of the juniors be open for interviews podcasts articles because guess what that's what got you to where you are today and you know guys like you who um just had a dream and, and look at you now, you know, I'm number 49. Thank God I wasn't 50 because I've already hit the 5-0 mark once. You know, <laughs> I don't want to do it again. You know, being 49, that's, that's a special number for me. So, um, Well, I, I really wanted you to be number 50. I did. I said be, just because, uh, again, you were really like the first golf pro that I actually knew and I would see on a daily basis. You know, I would see you go to the Little Ranger in Northcliffe. I see you there. You sold me my first uh, Nike putter. I remember, I remember telling the, the guy at the front desk and I was like, Hey, y'all said I get a discount right off that putter. And I see it's somewhere back here. Oh, it's, it's somewhere back here. I still have it. It's a Nike method core putter. And, and you're like, you're like, he's, he tells me Dave's in his office. Go, go see Dave. I'm like, Hey Dave, uh, I got this putter. 
uh, what do you think? And you're like, uh, give, give him, give him 30% off. And I'm like, yeah, yes, yes. I remember that. I remember that. And I'm like, I'm like, I still have it. I still, I, it, it's in great freaking shape. It's in great shape. It's a good putter. And you, and you know why I do things like this. Okay. To not only promote the game of golf, but what you have to realize is as a golf professional and now over 32 years as being a golf professional, I am no better than Andy Torres. I am one of you and all my customers. That's why you see me in jeans and not slacks sometimes in shorts, because I have to relate to you. Okay. And I am no better than you. I might have something behind my name, but it doesn't make me any better than you. And I want to treat you with respect, whether you're a penny heir, a dollar heir, or a millionaire, you're Andy Torres. And I don't care what your wallet says. I care more about you. Oh, well, well thank you, Dave. I'm telling you, uh, and I know you've done that for a lot of people that have crossed paths with you, especially in this game of golf. You've really done a lot for them. You've really, like like me, you kind of built the built the love I had for Northcliffe. You built the love I have for Nike clubs. You built the love I have for the game of golf. And I looked at pros totally different after just the way you treated me. And, uh, I really, I really thought like a lot of y'all were really like standoffish, but you know what? You really showed me a lot. You really showed me a lot, how you come to work every damn day, how it didn't matter. Uh, you know, you always came in at least, you know, the light was on in your office constantly and you really showed me how a professional and how somebody who pours their heart and soul into something, how they act and how they show the love, the love and the care that they have for something. You got to remember your off time is my on time. Okay? <laughs> when you're off, I got to be on baby. And 24, seven, And my dad taught me something. If he didn't teach me anything else in his life is to give 120% on your worst day. Somebody's always watching, right? Somebody's always watching. You don't even know who's watching, man. <laughs> you just don't know. All right, all right. One of the one of the one of the last thing. One of the last things. Uh, okay. Out of all these pros and all these celebrities that you've met, who would you say has maybe made the most or the biggest, uh, like, left the lasting impact on you, or who you just like, you really look forward to to catching up with? Fuzzy Zeller. I played in a pro am with him in the early '80s. When I was in the military, I was blessed. Got to play with him. He gave me a lot of good advice. Um, in 2007, he came to play in the AT&T when it was not the AT&T. It was something else over. Um, it was before they went to the the big course. They were playing at Oak Hills. They called me up due to what I used to do for a living, putting commercials on. for. And he had the Air Force One. I'll, end up, I'll send you a picture of it. And so he came and... Um, hung out with me and we cut a commercial for air force one, um, driver, um, is a helium filled driver, nitrogen filled driver is what it was. And Roger Twible was there and we talked and I said, I know you don't remember me and stuff like that. And, uh, he goes, I remember you from somewhere else. And I said, what was that? And he says, I was on the tee at Oak Hills two years ago on hole number nine. And I dropped a ball out of my pocket instead of using a tee and you said, oh, and an F word. <laughs> and I hit the ball to about 10 feet. So I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and so we hit it off. And uh, Fuzzy Zeller, even though he had controversy long, long time ago, is a great guy. 
he is a great guy and you know i couldn't ask for you know a better kind of a role model like i i, I love him to death and uh you know come on first rookie to ever win the masters that's what true that's true and then i got to play with him after he's a master's champ so i was like ooh, 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 you know oh. but uh really great guy his caddy was a great guy his caddy actually did the sky caddy commercial with me um as well and so um I love Fuzzy Zeller and you know, you already know my other hero on my show is Phil Mickelson. Cause Phil is like, you know, it's always, I'm going for it. I don't care. And so I like that in golf because that's the way people should be playing golf instead of going, okay. You know, I love, I love Phil. I love lefty's attitude. I do. Well, I got, I have a little confession to make. Uh, I called into your show one time. I called into y'all's morning show one time. My wife and I and the kids were on our way to taking my oldest daughter to, or I think it was just, I just had one daughter at the time to her basketball game. And my wife had stopped for some coffee and I was listening to y'all's show. And I, I couldn't remember what year it was, but you asked the question, all right, guys, who do you got tiger or Rory? And I called in and I didn't think I was going to get through, but what happens? I get through. Right. And you tell me, all right, who do you got, Tiger or Rory, and why? Uh, I froze. <laughs> I freaking froze, right? And I am a Tiger. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Tiger lover. Like, I mean, it just ti- – Tiger's my guy. And because I'm, I'm just – I'm always Nike'd out. I don't know if you can see. Let's see right there. Look, I just got nothing but Nike shoes. This is all I it's – all, it's all I wear right there. That's all my golf shoes. And I froze. I said, uh, Rory. And, and you're like, okay, well, tell us why. Uh, Rory's younger, uh, you know, it, uh, Tiger, Tiger went back to the Scotty Cameron putter, blah, blah, blah. And cause you were giving out free rounds of golf and then you're like, okay, next caller. And I was like, shoot, I didn't even win the free rounds of golf, man. I was so bummed out. And I was like, that's my fault. I was like, I knew it. They could hear it. They could hear it in my voice, the uncertainty. They could hear the uncertainty in my damn voice. And they gave the damn free rounds of golf to the next damn caller. Oh, I was so pissed off. But that's okay because, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And look at you today. Very popular. Got a great podcast. You know, you learn from that one mistake. See, that's the second chance you get. And, uh, and, and, you, and you go on. But that, that's what it's all about is, is we pick our, our, our the guys that we want to win. And um, everybody knows I'm not the biggest Tiger fan um, in the world. But there's some other reasons behind because I've got to meet Tiger Woods when I was in California. And I saw some things. But, you know, I called – me and Mike, we called out the thing with his wife. Uh, I called it out on a, fr- a Saturday morning podcast after it happened on the Friday, and I was getting hate mail and death threats. And uh, <laughs> and then that Tuesday it came out, it was true, you know, and I'm like, okay. So I, you know, kind of played it from there. And so, you know, Tiger has changed, changed the face of the new generation. And a quick story right quick is – Ty got to play with Mark O'Meara two years ago in the junior program over at the, uh, in Houston. And uh, Ty shot 35, Mark O'Meara shot 36 in this nine hole in spirit. It was for the Insperity classic. And so Mark O'Meara takes Ty into the locker room with all the champions tour players um, and uh, says, guys, I want you to meet this guy. This name is Ty Roberts, T Y. He is the next tiger T Y G E R. So Ty got to hang out in the locker room and then go to the putting green with all the champions guys. And people were like, are you going to join him? I said, that's my son's moment. But he played with Mark O'Meara 
And Mark said, this is the next tiger. And so I was kind of like, I was going, all right, slow down, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, just, just one thing before we get off. Uh, Okay. How did this marriage happen? How did this marriage happen between you and Mike Ratchman? Because this is funny. Y'all, this is- y'all have a pretty successful show. And, and, and you know what? I really like listening to y'all's Saturday morning show, but I have trouble getting up. So that's why I do like that y'all are on Facebook because I can always go back to y'all's old, old episodes and just chime in. I actually got the first CD of our first thing where we actually practiced and it blew. But the, the story is that um, way back when, almost 17 years ago, um, Mike – was supposed to have a store, uh, a show, a golf store. He was, he was approached for a golf show by people at KGNB, Jim Vance, who was on our thousandth show, and uh, says, we need to get a golf show. I've got a guy, David Ogren, Texas Open champ. He wants to be like the South Texas sports reporter, golf reporter, something like this. But it's going to be mostly about David Ogren and then you cover the Texas stuff like this. Well, David got some deal signed, some big deal, and he was going to go back out on tour. They had already done all these promotions about Mike and Dave, but they didn't say Dave's last name. So Ratchman and I have been friends forever and a day. And, um, you know, um, he comes to me and he knew that I used to be an FM disc jockey a long time ago when I was in the military. When I was a kid, I KTFM, and I know you know that station, uh, but it's not the station that it is today in Corpus. And so um, he says, Dave, I want to do a golf show, but I know nothing about it. Can you help me out? And uh, 1,003 shows later, consecutively, which is the longest running golf show in the state of Texas, is still going strong. And the good reason is, and the reason we don't get divorced um, like marriages do, is because I only see him once a week. <laughs> 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 and I've only slept over one time at his house when I had some beverages to drink and I slept on a Southwest green cause I didn't want to drive home. I didn't even sleep in the house. So, you know, I, you know, that's why our marriages work so long. And, uh, I told him it's like a catch and release, you know what I'm saying? We got to renew it every year <laughs> to make sure that we still want to do this and that you people still want to have us on the air and, and, and we're blessed that y'all do. And, um, but Mike and I, it's as you see on the show, he is the straight guy half the time. And I am the, I am the cut up. I am the class clown. I don't even look at the show till about an hour and a half before the show starts because he wants it to be all improv. Uh, we improv and that's what we do. I have bullet points like you do. Um, like tonight I'm up in my wife's office. I have computers. It had three bullet points on the guy from the dancing rabbit. And the rest of the show is whatever came out of Davy Gravy's mouth. It's just that's the way it is. Okay, so what's up with the gravy? Why why gravy? You showed me that golf ball. Okay. I don't I don't have the picture of you. Show me a picture with the golf ball that that or a picture of the golf ball that says gravy. What's up with gravy? Okay, back in the days, and all my Carroll High School people will know this, and the the people in Corpus Christi, uh, we were. Uh, living there in the early seventies and there's a thing called hurricane Celia was about to hit and we were watching TV and, you know, there was like five or six Daves on the, that lived on my block. And when my mom, who was a great cook would say, Dave, everybody would come to supper. So my dad says, I got to find you a nickname. And I'm thinking something like fuzzy cause I was bald headed at the time and something to that effect, you know, cause my dad would give me the burr haircut, like a military stuff like that. And one day we we're watching TV right before the power shut off. We we're playing, Uh, Don't spill the beans. And it's one of these moments you, I don't know why I remember it, but we're watching TV and this chuck wagon commercial comes on and my dad screams. That's it. 
that's your nickname. And I'm going, he called me dog food. And it's like, no, you're calling me Chuck? No, gravy. Because gravy train makes his own gravy. And in life, you make your own gravy. So that's the gravy story. In life, you are responsible for what you do. You make your own bed. You sleep in it. And so I would always say, you know, gravy train makes his own gravy. And now that I'm about to turn 58 in the fourth quarter of my life, but not the two-minute warning, it's all gravy, baby. It is, Dave. And you've done a lot of great things, and you continue to do them in this game of golf I thank you for, for me and for all of my fans, all the viewers today and all the listeners that, that support the podcast. Uh, you, I thank you so much for being on the show because you really are. You were, you were one of the first people that I saw that was a real professional about this game, showed me how to do it, showed me how to do it correctly. Uh, you've been good to others. You've paid it forward. And I'm telling you, you and Mike are really one of my, my motivations for starting this show. Because well, thank uh, you. I just, it really, I, you all really were, and I truly mean that. I'm not just blowing smoke up your butt. Uh, just, uh, you know what? Thank y'all. Thank you for what y'all do for the game because, it, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done this show. I might not have got into the game of golf if, you know what? If, if a uh, golf pro at Northcliffe wasn't, didn't show me as much kindness as he did. And well, uh, thank you. And if you man. ever run into a pinch and you need somebody to talk for an hour <laughs> and change, our my change. son is not available. <laughs> I have stories that would blow your mind about golf and behind the scenes. I mean, like I said, I've been blessed to be behind the ropes and see what others don't. And uh, the dream is a dream, but only so many can achieve it. And so the rest of us, we're just spectators in it. And I am just so blessed to be at the front row. I have a front row seat to the greatest game that has ever been put on this earth. And because of COVID, it's proved itself once again. We have the greatest game there ever is. I'm so thankful for Dave being on the show. He was an awesome guest and shared some great stories. Please make sure you follow Dave and Mike at the Texas Golf Insider. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. I wish them nothing but the best. And I wish them another thousand and three more episodes. Hey, guys, make sure... You tune in to my YouTube channel. Check me out on Facebook, Instagram. Check out my website, www.nothingobgolf.com. Remember, in the game of life, nothing is OB.